TED Audio Collective. I travel a lot for work, be it to meet with collaborators, present my research at other universities, or to speak to corporate audiences. It can be exhausting, but I kind of love it because I recently realized I am so much more productive when I travel. The long plane rides allow me to get through my backlog of emails. I also manage to protect my time when I'm away so much better than when I'm at home. No more back-to-back-to-back meetings, but instead I treat myself and bake in more me time to explore, to see friends, to indulge in my weakness of shopping. Honestly, sometimes I just don't want to come home, but I have to. So is it possible to experience the same joy I get from my work when I'm away, when I'm at home, too? I'm Madupa Akinola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today, Sarah Avaram, traveled the world as a fully remote employee, trying to redefine her relationship to her work. And what she learned was that the existing relationship she had with her work stayed the same, even when she was far away. In this talk, she gives us another way to think about finding fulfillment in our jobs. Then after the talk, I'll discuss some ways I've discovered have helped me stay engaged in my career. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, It's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners. We're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Summarize with AI in a click. Click, click, click. Writer's block? Release. With Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. Canva. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. In 2019, I was working from my laptop from a beautiful beach in Bali. Drinking water right out of a fresh coconut 
and enjoying the warm ocean breeze. And I'm thinking, eh, something was still missing and I couldn't put my finger on it. How could I be in this scenario and not feel fulfilled? I worked from 12 countries in 12 months that year. An opportunity that was once rare is now more possible for more people than ever before. Spotify recently introduced their new work from anywhere policy in which they're giving employees a choice of working wherever they do their most focused and creative thinking. Dropbox's new way of working is called virtual first in which remote work will be the primary experience for employees saving in-person meetings for special occasions. And that's great news because over 50% of people that work remotely say that if their current company doesn't give them some type of remote work option long-term, they'll look for a job at a company that does. Well, problem solved, right? Except what people are saying and what they're doing is inconsistent. In fact, according to a recent McKinsey study, workplace flexibility wasn't even one of the top five reasons people quit their jobs in the past year. More freedom at work doesn't mean more fulfillment. Let me take you back to the end of 2018. I'm two years into doing my job as the director of talent development for a New York-based tech company, and I'm doing what I love to do the most, creating and launching employee development programs from scratch. And then my boss says to me, next year is going to be the year of maintenance, focusing on refining existing programs instead of launching new ones. I'm not a maintenance mode person. While I understand its importance, it's really not where I shine. So I wasn't looking forward to the year ahead. Meanwhile, I was reading new research on the future of work, and all signs were pointing to a remote and hybrid work future. We now know that the pandemic accelerated that by at least a decade. I even found a work and travel program that coordinates a group of professionals to work remotely from around the world with co-working spaces and living accommodations in each city. I was immediately hooked. I had always wanted to travel for a longer period of time, but I thought I'd have to quit my job in order to do that. Then I thought, well, I could do maintenance mode from anywhere. And given my current company's global expansion plans, I knew I had to think about where current and future employees could be located. If I could convince my company that I should work remotely to better understand the opportunities and challenges that remote workers face, it could be a win-win for both of us. And a month later, I ended my apartment lease, sold my furniture, and hopped on a one-way flight from cold and snowy New York City to Lima, Peru, to start my year-long trip with my cohort. And let me tell you, those first few months were incredible. I attended a virtual team meeting for my co-working space at Lima before heading out to go surfing at sunset on a regular Tuesday. I launched a work program from inside of a pool in Puerto Escondido, Mexico. And I negotiated a contract from a cafe in Hanoi, Vietnam, before jumping on the back of a motorbike to go eat bun cha with friends. I met remote workers and digital nomads from around the world. Each of us had a different story of how we got there. Some had just been divorced or gotten out of long-term relationships and convinced their employers to let them work remotely so that they could get away. 
There were three corporate lawyers who all hated their jobs and thought that doing them from a beach would make it more tolerable. And some just wanted to be as far away from micromanagement and office politics as possible. But still, after a few months, when that honeymoon period was over and the novelty faded, we realized that traveling was just a band-aid solution for the real problems. I wondered, how could we get this work-from-anywhere life right? So I interviewed dozens of remote workers, I conducted a focus group, and I surveyed hundreds of people, and you know what I saw in all that data? Wherever you go, there you are. If you hate your job in Houston, you will hate it in Hanoi. What really needs fixing is your motivation to do the work itself. We believe we need a certain amount of money to create or maintain the lifestyle that we've envisioned. We think we need a specific job title that aligns with the identity that we or our parents imagined for us a decade ago. And we don't realize that we get stuck in the motions of work routines without intention. Minimizing these pressures around your money, identity, and routines, and focusing on opportunities for more growth, impact, and joy is the key to a more fulfilling career, no matter where you're located. And the good news is that you might not have to overhaul your career or life to feel fulfilled. Esther Perel, world-renowned psychotherapist and couples counselor, says that in the West today, most of us are going to have two or three marriages or committed relationships, and some of us are going to do it with the same person. Think about that for a second. She's saying that some of us will build and experience a new relationship with the same person. Perhaps something similar could be said about your relationship to your work at the same company. Perhaps after a challenging time, an enticing external offer, or having been together for a while, instead of breaking up, you could find and create a better path forward together. And I'm not saying you're going to get everything you want out of your current job. But given how much time you spend working, isn't it worth a shot to make it as fulfilling as possible? When the pandemic hit and much of the world went remote, I saw my corporate friends in the States follow the exact same trajectory that we did abroad. The thrill of working home in your pajamas, having more flexibility with your schedule, being able to do the laundry in between meetings, all of which can make a real difference in improving your daily life. But still, once the novelty faded and the reality set in, people had to face whatever underlying issues they'd had before the pandemic started. When the perks of an office job were taken away, whether it was the free snacks in the break room, the water cooler conversation with colleagues, people, what people were left with was the work itself and their motivation, or lack thereof, to do it and they began to ask themselves really important questions. Do I even like my job? Is this really worth my time? Is this what I want to be doing? And these are great questions to ask. The problem is, for way too many people, they thought they had to completely overhaul their career or life. More people voluntarily quit their jobs in 2021 than any other year in recorded history. They wanted a fresh start and a new beginning after a challenging time. Here's the kicker, though. Almost 50% of the people that did find jobs after quitting say that their new job has not lived up to their expectations. They found out, just like we did, in Peru, Mexico, and Vietnam, 
that wherever you go, there you are. Perhaps you could start the next chapter of your career in an organization that knows you, where you've built credibility and trust and a network, and where they'd be willing to let you try things you haven't done before. Now, I'm not saying you should stay in a toxic work environment. And sometimes you do need a larger scale change, like a new job or new career. But before you make a decision that you think will make you happier, I want you to consider that happiness is a feeling that doesn't last. It often is what we want in the moment and depends on external circumstances. What does last, however, is fulfillment. Fulfillment is richer, deeper, and longer term, and often takes a longer amount of time and intention to get it. As you look to generate fulfillment, I want you to consider three questions tied to three of its key components that are more internally driven. The first is joy. What kind of work energizes you that you'd love to do more of? Now, I want you to remember that just because you're good at something, it doesn't mean that you enjoy doing it. So really consider what gives you a deep feeling of contentment. Next is impact. How could you provide more value to your company or clients by doing this kind of work? And if you're having trouble answering that question, then ask your manager, your peers, or clients directly. Focus on work that's in that sweet spot of meeting both your interests and the client's needs or the business needs. And finally, growth. Which knowledge or skills could you develop through these experiences? Feeling a sense of progress toward meaningful work is one of the biggest drivers of fulfillment. I asked myself these same three questions when I was feeling happy yet not fulfilled with my life working from a beach. And I found out that I find joy in interviewing, researching, and talking to remote workers about their lives. I made a significant impact by facilitating workshops to help them develop their skills and their careers. And growth came in the form of me figuring out how to distill a career's worth of the best HR advice and expertise into an easily digestible book for remote workers. Thousands of organizations around the world are finally understanding the importance of giving employees a choice of where to work. And while being given that choice is certainly meaningful, what's even more empowering is the fulfillment that comes from doing work that truly lights you up wherever you are. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Support for the show comes from Brooks Running. I'm so excited because I have been a runner, gosh, my entire adult life. And for as long as I can remember, I have run with Brooks running shoes. Now I'm running with a pair of Ghost 16s from Brooks. Incredibly lightweight shoes that have really soft cushioning. It feels just right when I'm hitting my running trail that's just out behind my house. You now can take your daily run in the better than ever Ghost 16. You can visit brooksrunning.com to learn more.
So often, we're searching for something new that will help us feel more fulfilled in our jobs. And a lot of times, we assume we have to blow things up to do that. But starting a new chapter in your career doesn't have to be as daunting as you think it is. Like Sarah said, the most important thing is understanding what leaves you feeling fulfilled from the work you do and going from there. I remember when I was considering transitioning to academia from consulting, I felt a lot of fear that certain parts of me would be stifled. I wanted to make sure I would still be able to do the things I love doing, starting things, creating things, working really collaboratively with others. Would academia just be about me sitting in a room by myself, reading a bunch of books, thinking only about the theoretical? So I went to my leadership professor, who was one of my key mentors in business school, and expressed my concerns. I remember our conversation vividly. I told him I liked variety. He told me that teaching and developing new courses and new students was full of variation. I told him I liked to build things. He told me all about the leadership positions I could take within an academic institution. I told him I didn't want to feel isolated in my research. He told me about the opportunities to collaborate across schools, across disciplines, all that cross-pollination. Basically, he told me in the nicest way possible that my assumptions were wrong, and I'm so grateful for that conversation. If you're doing some professional soul-searching like I was, a piece of advice I have for you is that there's so much value in talking to those who have come before you. You'd be surprised at how many twists and turns they took. There are so many things we might not see or know within our organizations or our respective field. Maybe your skills and interests lend themselves to a job title you'd never thought about before. Maybe you can learn about some new ways to advocate for yourself and pursue your passions at your current workplace. And in my experience, There's so much collective wisdom about where these hidden opportunities might lie. You don't necessarily have to travel to a beach in Bali to find them. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Pushkin Industries and fact-checked by Hana Matsudaira. Special thanks to Alejandra Salazar, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, Daniela Balarezo, Farah DeGrunge, and Maria Lajas. I'm Madhu Bakanola. Talk to you again next week.